Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to step into your power, find alignment, and create a life that you love using holistic methods, interviews with industry leaders, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host and health and wellness bestie, Amanda Chills, and I'm so proud of you for choosing to step into the root of your power. What up, podcast fam? Welcome. Welcome to today's episode. I wanted to, before we get started, let you know that I have a very cool 10 tips to increase your energy naturally. So listen, if you are drinking monsters or 19 cups of coffee a day, this is for you, okay? Go to amandachills.com slash energy, and it is totally free. So y'all are welcome. We about to be a bunch of energizer bunnies up in here. Okay, let's get to the episode. Glad you're here. Hello, Root of Power podcast fam. I hope that you are living your dream and you are stress-free and you are anxiety-free. But if you're not, well, welcome to the podcast. That is for you. Today, we are going to talk about how your brain is a conspiracy theorist. All it does all day long for your entire heckin' life is make shit up. It just makes up stories. It makes up perspectives. It makes up assumptions. It gives meaning to things that often don't have a meaning or have nothing to do with you. So I don't know if you've ever like argued with a conspiracy theorist, but it is... (laughs) exhausting. You can't win because no matter what you come up with that is more realistic, they say, but what about, but what about? And it's like, they have a chronic case of the, but what about? And it's like, but what about logic? But what about reality? And then they'll tell you that this reality isn't real and logic is fake and you're a sheep and they're awakening the lions or whatever conspiracy people say. If you're a conspiracy theorist, I guess at me and tell me what you guys say, but also don't because I don't care and I don't want to know. Um, So I got the idea for this episode because I spent some time with a literal conspiracy theorist. One of my good friends used to date um, a guy who thinks the earth is flat, like literally thinks the earth is flat. Um, Never mind that they knew like a thousand BC that the earth is round because math exists, but like the earth is flat. (laughs) So that's fine. Um, so you would try and, you know, give logic. So separate story, right? My friend was dating that guy. They're no longer together. She's with someone who knows that the earth is round now. Um, but I spent time with a guy. I was with my ex-husband and one of his friends was a huge conspiracy, like psycho. And (laughs) I have very little patience for a lot of things. Um, one of those is just nonsense. Like, I think of fantastical things all day long, but they're not real. <laughs> so, so he was telling me how, um, oh, this was when Jeffrey Epstein was happening, right? How he knew the real truth about Jeffrey Epstein and he knew what happened. And I was like, oh, cool. You were in the jail cell with him. That makes sense. Um, sure guy. So he knew and it's going to come out. And then we got onto how the moon landing 
was fake. And I was like bored and annoyed at this time. So I was like, F you, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're, you're dumb. Like, what are you doing? And so I tried to out conspiracy him. So I was like, Psh, you believe in the moon? That's just a bag of cheese. Like, that's fake. The moon is fake. And then he was like, yeah, the moon is fake and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> Amanda, like you just got in a huge, you know, whatever. You just bet into this guy. So I kept trying to out conspiracy him, right? It was Jeffrey Epstein and the world is ruled by pedophiles, which like, you know, lots of men like underage girls, not underage girls, children. They like children. So that's actually legit, right? But that's here and we're there. So it was, he, he alone knew the truth about Jeffrey Epstein and he alone knew the truth about the moon landing and the moon being fake and how the U.S. government is run. And it's a huge cabal, right? And I was just like, you're so stupid. Like, what are you doing? So we got to how the earth is not real. Uh, well, the moon is not real and the earth is flat and all these things. And I was like, you believe in the earth? That's ridiculous. This is fake. It's a simulation because I'm trying to out conspiracy him, right? No, I don't think the earth is a simulation. Um, and he was like, you're right, it is a simulation, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, you're still stupid. And then I was like, well, if this is a simulation in the next reincarnation, I want dragons. Like I full on want dragons the size of cats as a pet. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Like mind you, this guy just spent 30 minutes saying the earth is flat, the moon is fake, Jeffrey Epstein, blah, 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 blah. The government is run by a cabal, like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like everything we see is filtered information and like conspiracy. Um, but I want dragons in the next Matrix incarnation and I'm a freaking psycho. So that's a long, hopefully entertaining story. If you're a flat earther, like literally turn the podcast off right now because you're going to be upset and you deserve to be because the earth is round and that's ridiculous. So, so I learned during that time, one, I hate conspiracy theories, like I have no time for it, but two, that's what our brain does all day long, right? So I work with so many people who one of the hallmarks that they come to work with me for is anxiety and stress. Well, friends, guess what is extremely stressful? Believing your brain when it makes up stories all day long, most of which not only are not real, they're worst case scenario and they're complete and utter balderdash nonsense. <laughs> like, they're just nonsense. So I looked up the definition of a conspiracy and it says, a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as a result of a secret plot. Now, how does this apply to your brain? I hear you asking the void and me. Um, apparently I just live in the void, that's how I know. I just live there, me, creep in, on the void, on your thoughts, it's fine. Um, why is our brain a conspiracy theorist? Well, especially if you have anxiety or stress or trauma, your brain makes up stories all day long to make sense of the world, to keep you safe. One of the ways that it does that is by assuming there's danger around every corner. Everyone is out to get you, especially if you've been traumatized, if you've been abused. 
if you grew up in a house where anxiety was your language, where things happen that are unexplainable, but this can be small things. It can be you reach out for affection from your caregivers and they turn away from you because they're depressed or they're stressed or, or they have trauma or they have a victim mindset. They don't meet your needs. We make sense of that by making up stories. Oh, it's me. I, there's something wrong with me. I'm damaged. I deserve this. I did something to bring this on myself. And there are some spaces in the like holistic wellness space where that is what they say. They say, if you are abused, you brought this on yourself. You chose this because of X, Y, Z, which one, never in life do you bring on yourself abuse or trauma or disrespect. No, absolutely not. Like you do not deserve those things. You don't ask for them. And you sure as hell didn't manifest them. You may allow them because you don't know any different, but you don't deserve them. And you did not just manifest them because People love you the way you love yourself. Like, no, 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 no. You deserve to be loved and respected and cared for. But back to your brain as a conspiracy theorist. So our brain literally evolved to make sense of our world. Like, think about humans when we were first developing and evolving. We were in this big world that we don't know a lot about. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. So we make up stories, right? Why do we have religion? Because we make up stories about why we're here. We find meaning in our experiences and our humanness. This is who we are. It is very unique to humans. As far as I know, I mean, I'm not an animal brains. So maybe they do the same thing. They just don't speak our language, but I speak human. So here we are. We make stories. We make meaning out of things. Our brain tells stories all day long to make sense of the world and our surroundings and how we interact and they interact with us. Now, your brain only really cares about one thing. And that one thing is keeping your meat sack alive. And it does this by spending the least amount of energy possible. What I mean by that is our brain really takes up about like 30% of our energy, just living, just living your life. That's not even going through stuff or trying to change or trying to grow or doing any of those things. So your brain wants you to be on autopilot. It wants you to do the same thing over and over and over, basically live Groundhog's Day so that you can kind of shut a lot of the energy down. Now our brain keeps us there by making up stories. This is the way that life should be. It's never different. Everyone goes through this. And those stories that we tell ourselves come from where we grew up, who we grew up with. So I bet if you think about the kind of things that your caregivers told you or told themselves about the world, you'll see a lot of it running through your head now. Now, I have a lot of clients, for example, who are extremely anxious, so many of their thoughts Anytime they use their imagination, it's for worst case scenario. It's what if it doesn't work out? What if this? What if this? What if this? What if this? And it's like a million, billion, trillion what ifs, but none of them are positive. Why do they do that? Because that's what they grew up with. They grew up with people who tried to keep themselves safe by imagining the worst case scenario and then trying to plan for it. Now, that is a never-ending loop. You will never think of every worst-case scenario and feel prepared. 
but it is the way that our brain tries to protect us. It's just extremely unhelpful. So in a world that's so complex and there's so many things and there's so much more people and we're, we have access to so much more bad news, our brains go on overdrive. And so what does that do? It makes our stress and anxiety worse. So now you're not only worried about you, but everything in the whole world you're worried about and everything is worst case scenario. And, and so it's not good. So when that happens, when we believe the stories that we make all day long, every day, and these stories come from what we heard growing up, we just accept them as fact because we don't know any different, right? If you grow up in a family that speaks German, well, guess what? You're going to speak German. If you grow up in a family that speaks fear and anxiety and scarcity and woe is me and I'm a victim and everything happens to me and better prepare for the worst case scenario all the time because nothing works out. Well, guess what your internal soundtrack is now? All of those same things. And it's just your brain trying to help you. This is why we see generational patterns. This is why we see the US has some of the highest rates of depression and anxiety. Another reason for that is we're a very individualistic culture. We are not taught to think about our thoughts. That's an interesting phrase, right? Think about our thoughts. Before people come to me, 99% of them have never in their life questioned their thoughts. They've never seen anyone do it. They've never been taught how. They just believe everything their brain tells them. So if your brain tells you that you can't do it, that nothing works out, that you are scum, that you are worthless, that everyone struggles. I literally have a client who said everyone hates their job and everyone hates their entire career and then they die. And I looked at her and I said, that's, not, that's literally not true. Like you're sitting across from someone who that isn't true for. And she just had her mind blown. She was like, what do you, what? And I was like, you just believe that because it's something that you hear over and over and over. Why do liars repeat the same thing a thousand times? Because if you hear something enough, it becomes true. You believe it to be true. And all of this is how our brains work. Our brains make up stories that feel true because you've never been taught to question your thoughts. Now, if you grew up in a house where the thoughts were positive and they were, well, this is tough, but we'll get through it, or, well, what's the worst thing that happens? Might as well try. If they were brave and they were positive or they assumed positive intent, oh, I don't really think they meant that. They just, um, they're just having a bad day. Or if someone yells at you and then they apologize and take accountability, your thought process is going to be very, very different. So I really, really encourage you to think about what kind of stories did you hear about people and about the world growing up? How do those impact you now? What are the stories you tell yourself? I'll never be happy. Everyone hates their job. Nobody changes. None of those things are true. But if you've never been taught to question them, you just believe them. So... Amanda, I hear you say, um, what do I do with that? Well, 
you are listening to the right podcast, friend, because I'm going to tell ya. We throw our brain out the window. That's what we do. We just take it out of our head and we just yeet that bitch right out the window. No, right? We don't do that. Seriously, don't do that. Do not take your brain out of your head and like yeet it out the window. What we are going to do, though, is yeet those thoughts right out the window. For my old people, yeet means like throw, just like chuck it. Um, Something I'll learn from the young people, right? So we know that our brain makes up stories all day long, every day to make sense of the world and to filter our perspectives that it makes sense. We know that those dialogues, that soundtrack comes from the caregivers that we had when we were young. It comes from the dialogue and the soundtrack and the language of our family or whoever cared for you growing up. So now that you're thinking about that, you probably skew one of two ways. You're either kind of skew positive or you kind of skew negative or maybe you really skew negatively. We don't want to be on either end of the spectrum, right? We want to be able to have realistic, positive, and negative thoughts because some of your situations are going to call for problem solving. They're going to call for thinking of the worst case scenario so that you can plan. For example, I would not recommend that you um, take a solo trip to Alaska without thinking about, well, what if I get snowed in? What happens if a blizzard comes? Like, you definitely want to think about that. Pack warm, friends. Or um, if you go on a road trip, you definitely want to keep a spare tire. So those are a couple of examples where a worst case scenario can help you. But it's not every case. What if you ask this person out? What if you need to have a conversation with your partner? What if you take a job that you could love and pays you double what you make now? Those are not really good examples of where you want to think only of the worst case scenario. You also want to think of the best case scenario, which is why we need to be able to do both. So how do we get out of this brain is a conspiracy theorist life that we find ourselves in? Well, people, the first thing is that you just witness your thoughts. That's it. Literally just take a few steps back and watch your thoughts. You'll start to see that a lot of the thoughts in your head are about nothing and they don't make any damn sense. So like, (laughs) for example, I had a thought last night because we were talking about poop, you know, as you do. And I said, wouldn't it be terrible if poop was dry? Like that would be awful, right? And David, bless him, and Michael were like, (laughs) what? (laughs) That would be awful. And I was like, I know, that would be so bad. And then you just moved on. Now, that is an example of your brain just thinking a completely nonsense thought, right? Just nonsense. But so many of the people I work with, especially if you tend towards anxiety, is only ever to think of really, really distressing thoughts. And you're like, Amanda, oh my God, this is me. Why does my brain do this? Because your brain wants to keep you in the loop it's already in. It doesn't want to change because change is hard and it takes energy. And that's energy that your brain could spend doing nothing. 
because brains are lazy and they don't always work for us or with us. Sometimes they actively work against us, like when all we have are doomsday anxious thoughts. So step one is to literally just notice your thoughts. We're not going to change them. We're not going to challenge them. We're not going to do anything except for simply watch them go by. That's all we're going to do. Now, some people will teach you to challenge a thought and to find fact in that thought and to put it on trial. This is something a lot of people teach, and that may be valuable sometimes. Um, but I firmly believe that it is not worth it to fight your brain all day. Like, no, it's just stop it. Stop fighting your brain all day. Literally, the second thing, number two, is just let those thoughts run. That's it. Let them go. We don't change them. We don't fix them. We don't challenge them. We simply let it be background noise. So number one is we notice our thoughts. Number two is we let them run as background noise. Number three is put your attention wherever it's actually going to be helpful. Now, a thought may pop up that's like particularly helpful or unhelpful. And you have to choose what you give your attention to. So if I only give my attention to thoughts that are distressing or doomsday thoughts, I'm going to have a pretty skewed view of the world. But if I only give my attention to thoughts that are helpful, I'm probably going to be a lot less stressed and have a lot more energy because I'm not spending energy fighting my brain all day or chasing it down a hellhole rabbit hole. What I mean by helpful, and the reason that I say helpful and not good thoughts, is that none of your thoughts are good or bad. They're just thoughts. We give meaning to them because that's what humans do. We give meaning to things. It is much more valuable to give your attention to thoughts that are helpful. For example, sometimes doomsday thoughts are helpful. What happens if you buy a plane ticket and then it gets canceled? Well, maybe you want to buy that plane insurance. What happens if you take a job and you hate that job? Well, maybe you want a backup plan. Those things are helpful. What if you hate your job now and so you apply for a new job that you may love? That's helpful. What's unhelpful is saying, I'll never get another job. No one will ever hire me. The economy's bad. I'm not worth it. Those are very unhelpful conspiracy thoughts. They're not based in fact. You just made them up and decided that they were true. Another thing that we do is acknowledge that what other people do isn't really about us. So many people get stuck in a loop of saying, well, you did this because blah, blah, blah. You did this because blah, blah, blah. Like you just assume you know why other people do what they do. Conspiracy. <laughs> you do not know. Most of the time, people are doing things that have nothing to do with us. So one, we notice our thoughts. Two, we just let them run. Treat them as background noise. Three, we only focus on helpful thoughts. Only focus on the thoughts that actually help you live the life that you want to live. Now, notice I didn't say the life you're living now. The life you want to live. Those are the thoughts that we care about. And four, we assume that other people, whatever they do is not about us. Now, if I call someone 
a jerk and they punch me in the face, yeah, that might have something to do with me. But we're talking about people just going about their everyday lives, right? Also, don't punch me in the face. Like, the moneymaker is just not happening, okay? Um, so there you have it, our four things. Notice your thoughts. Let them be. Don't change them. Don't challenge them. Don't do anything. Just let them exist. Number three, only pay attention to what literally actually helps you live the life that you want. Number four, let other people live their lives. Stop getting caught up in their BS. It is not about you. Okay, so now we have a beautiful framework for out conspiring our conspiracy theorist brain. Just like a normal person spewing conspiracies at you, you don't argue, you don't challenge, you don't try and bring them to reality, nothing. You just do not negotiate with conspiracy theorists. You're like, you know what? The sky is red. You right, bud. Our president is the second coming of Jesus Christ. You right, buddy. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Let them run his background noise. Okay, that was a quickie, but a goodie, I think. Let me know what you think. If you're listening, take a screenshot and share it on the Instagram. I love to see people listening to this stuff. And if you have a minute, let me know how you like the episode. Do you want more of this stuff? What are some of the conspiracy brain thoughts that you think? I love getting into people's brains. This is why I do what I do. So help a girl out. Let me be nosy and let me know. Okay. Y'all have the most beautiful, wonderful day or night, whatever time you're listening to this. Y'all, what a perspective shift. I hope that that gave you some really good information about how your brain works and how you can combat the conspiracy theorists inside your little brain. If you have questions, of course, DM me on Instagram. Get at me. I am happy to help. Hope y'all are well.